Hi, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans, and that's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Thanks. This is Mike Semper Baby from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. Woo! James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. Chill. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping off the wrestler, the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. Wow. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get Welcome to One Nation Radio, and now here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd, and thank you for listening. Welcome to part two of the One Nation Radio Award Show for 2017. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, James. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Just proud to be uh, the opening act for Russell Kingdom 12 this year. That's all. Just yep. really happy. Yep. So we're recording this on January 3rd. It actually worked out last time um, to do it in two parts perfect because we had a lot to discuss. Uh, we had a lot to shit on. Uh, and we definitely had a lot to uh, praise as well. So your impressions of the, the first show, James? I know you, you haven't listened back to it yet, but uh, when we were doing it, what did you think? Well, I thought that, you know, it was a solid, like, four-star effort, but, uh, you know, that was, what, that was uh, uh, December 31st, but now, you know, um, it's about to be uh, January 4th in the Tokyo Dome, so I think we're now, we're about to give, like, a, like a six-and-a-half-star effort, five-star effort, so <laughs> I think we're off to the right, I think we're off on the right setting, so, you know. <clears throat> yeah, man. So um, we did 10 awards last time, and we're going to do the other 10 now. So um, we've got plenty of controversial stuff to get to, so why not start right here? Um, the first award for day two of the show, it is the Vince Russo Who Booked This Shit Award. And this was formerly known as the WCW Booking Committee um, Who Booked This Shit Award, but you know, we just decided to go all the way with it. So, yeah. Oh, and also, you know, specifically the WCW stuff that we were talking about was like, you know, a lot of the Russo, a lot of the Russo stuff. And it's like, well, you know, that man was bad at both spots at both places. So let's like, you know, fully incorporate the fact that like wherever he's been, he's been a ne- he's been a net negative everywhere he's been. So you know, it's like a lifetime achievement award for him. And also, like you know, given what happened uh, in the news, uh, of wrestling news this year, where you know he's filing a restraining order on Jim Cornette, and then, like, yeah, definitely, we, we definitely uh, finna finna name something bad after you. Yes, you know, because uh, we're down with Cornette, and Cornette's down with us, and we got pictures to prove it. So you know, <laughs> um, yeah. So our nominees for the Who Booked This Shit Award, there was a lot of bad booking this year. So oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. the nominees are. James Ellsworth wins the first ever women's Money in the Bank ladder match for Carmella. Jinder Mahal wins the WWE title after being 13 and 80, including 8 and 17 on TV and pay-per-view before his title shot. Randy Orton burns down Bray Wyatt's sister's gravesite for a face turn. Babyface Roman Reigns commits multiple felonies in an attempt to murder Braun Strowman, as James would say, all because he lost a match fair and square. The Survivor Series main event 
in the Styles versus Owens feud. James, I know exactly where I'm going, but I'll throw it to you. Oh man, a lot of there's a there's a lot of uh, really high marks there. And by high marks, I mean I mean pure shit. Um, I think it's funny how like I, I, I think I'm the one that wrote these out and. Almost every single one had to be explained in like one or two sentences, right? But like, the, but but there's one that sticks out that's like the like the Survivor Series main event. It's like, oh, that's all, all it needs is a few words that explains everything. I don't even have to go into detail about that, right? Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, I think I'm gonna go off the board. I don't think this one is gonna be uh, the number one, but because I'm pretty sure I know what number one is gonna be for most people. But for me, I'm gonna go with. Um, the, they're the whole burn down the, 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 the gravesite thing. Like, I just don't like at the time is one for one is one of the most memorable things like that happened all year until it's like, then it happens. And then like the next week you're like, Oh my God. Like, okay. So this is a double turn. Right. Right. And then you find out like, Oh nah, nah, baby, fa- baby faces commit arson. I'm like, oh, Holy shit. And like, and it also ties into after uh, after everything's all settled to start the Shane thing for AJ Styles. He says, like, he should be, like, Randy, I had to jump through who's to get my title shot back. I had to do this and the third. John Cena, he just shows up and gets title shot because, because of Daniel Bryan and the Bellas. Like, Randy Orton, Randy Orton, can, Randy Orton should be behind bars. Like it's, 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 yeah. it was like the it was like the first real real screwball weird thing they did of the year. So like that sort of set the tone for all the other stuff. So like I'm gonna go with that one. Alrighty, <clears throat> y'all been waiting for it. I've been building it up. <laughs> um, it's Jinder Mahal winning the WWE title after being 13 and 80, and I think the record might be even worse, including 8 and 17 on TV and pay-per-view before his title shot. Jinder Mahal was an absolute disaster. He was a jobber who should have never, ever, ever got near the WWE title in 2018, 2017, 2016, any other year of the 2000s you, you want to name. This guy promptly drug main event wrestling into the absolute shitter. He was the guy that was responsible for a negative star Punjabi prison match. He was a guy that was out there with Randy Orton stinking out main event after main event with the same finish, I might add. If he has a chemically enhanced body, I don't care. Most people do. So, you know, this guy, I I, I don't believe, you know, that WWE really tried to do this. They just tried to pass this off like this was cool. Like, yeah, you know, six weeks later, a jobber is going to win the world title. They absolutely wrecked SmackDown the whole year trying to cater to this bullshit. They put this guy in a suit. He tried very hard, but it just didn't work. They sacrificed Shinsuke Nakamura to him, which was an absolute... Like, Nakamura didn't come over here for this. Like, this guy showed up the day after WrestleMania with the entrance, like, and the reaction of a god. Now, when Nakamura comes out, does it feel that way? He was pretty damaged by working with Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal went over all these guys in successive fashion um, on the lead-up to that title shot. One week, he was beating Mojo Rawley. He pinned AJ Styles another week. He pinned Sami Zayn. And it was just like, they're not really going to do this, are they? But then they fucking did it. 
And <laughs> the worst thing about it was all these troll assholes that that made this shit possible. The they they cheered a meme to life essentially. And you know, the guy Jinder Mahal was a dude who was an absolute joke his entire career, James, and then they made him the WWE champion. Fuck what like what what everything else is about. They literally picked dudes for this shit. But at least make it seem like it's competitive at all. Like, yeah, Vince McMahon just walked up and just pointed this dude out. This was an absolute disaster, not only from the wrestling, but they obviously didn't draw a dime in India. The ratings went in the tank, and then they took the belt off him. Thank the Lord for AJ Styles, who was also marginalized by this because he was stuck in the mid-card all year with the United States title that no one really cared about. And this came directly after AJ Styles takes a civilian to a four-star match at WrestleMania has the WWE match of the year and is the MVP. And then they're like, never mind all that. We're going to put this, this belt on this guy, Jinder Mahal, who has never, ever had a great match. Not once, James. Not once. <clears throat> and yeah, never drawn a dime. Never did anything. They they tried with the presentation, but even they didn't believe it. Because for a while, they weren't even putting him in the main events on pay-per-view. They were just letting this guy stink it out and seeing how pissed off people could get about it. And it wasn't Jinder Mahal that a lot of people were pissed at. It was the company the whole time. So... It was not only, you know, a ridiculous issue that just burned up the year. It created conversation, no doubt. But you have to listen to what people are saying. And I think they eventually got the picture because that's why, James, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jinder Mahal, was, uh, he was the guy that headlined the show in India, right? Yeah. And then he jobbed the fuck out to Triple H. Yeah because they knew they knew the whole time and it was a sick joke just to fuck with us all (laughs) who booked this bullshit i'm done okay um i don't think there's anything left to be said well there is you know this isn't the last of of (laughs) what we're gonna be saying about how bad this was because it's gonna reek you're gonna see the rest of these awards where it goes from here but let's move on to um you know another one so we have the gimmick of the year which is the best vehicle towards getting over we described it as now our nominees are the fashion files the miztourage rusev day and the whole phrase around it the Singh brothers the yep movement and Elias's knockoff rock concerts or off-brand or great value, whichever uh, word you want to use for not as good. James, I'll throw it to you, man. Oh, man. Um, hmm. Towards getting over. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say Rusev Day. Um, given, where he's at, given where he started um, in the middle of the year, um, after the injury, um, and where he's at now, to where like the crowd is chanting for him every tag match, um, it, it they look like fools for not having them um, be the next tag challengers. 
I think I think that's the reason why they did what they did on SmackDown uh, just the other day. Um, and they they kind of realized that they made a mistake with uh, with Shelton and Ben or Shelton, I'm gonna say Shelton Benjamin, Shelton and, and Gable, and they're gonna be like, all right, we gave you your tag shot, you've been beat, you're done, you go to the end of the line, like you got to fight the Brooklyn Brawler tag team, uh, <laughs> and then like we're gonna start off with Rusev Day. So I think I think or possibly either that or gonna continue doing uh, the New Day thing, uh, New Day versus Rusev Day. Um, but either way, like. Well, we're back from some technical difficulties. James, you were saying the crowd it feels organic with Rusev Day. Yeah, so I, I think they should uh, they should you know continue into this year you know making the best out of that for what they have because you know there's not too many um, tag acts that are just actually you know get some type of heat or crowd response. So they should make the best of this as they, as they go because you know Aiden English and, and Rusev together as a team like that's the drizzling shits on paper. <laughs> Like, <laughs> There's no way know, that this so, should have worked. Yeah, not at all. So like, uh, so for me, like that's why that's why I took that at heart. I mean, this is like a late comer because like Rusev Day wasn't like a thing like three months ago, right? And before that, I probably would have leaned towards the Singh brothers, but Rusev Day is like getting so hot where it's getting to like not quite Daniel Bryan levels of like, <laughs> like, 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 you know, chanting for it, like during other segments. Cause there was a Rusev day chant happening on raw on Monday. So it was like, what yeah. the hell's going on here? So, but, uh, I'm going to go ahead and agree on that. Um, the only, I do want to give a shout out to the same brothers who became the best part of every one of gender Mahal's WWE championship matches. Um, except the last one, but he wasn't the champion then, but these dudes saw the opportunity uh, and they seized it, and they went up there and was willing to go through those tables off the Punjabi prison. They were going out there to do the talking. They were taking them bumps from Randy Orton and getting their ass whooped. And I think, as we mentioned before, they were out here with me and you. So, essentially. But, um, yeah, the Singh brothers uh, were definitely good, but Rusev Day is the clear winner here. Uh, it looks like it's going to affect into 2018. So I don't know if that's just yeah. a um, you know a function of it coming along so late, but nevertheless, Rusev Day is where it's at right now. And if you don't know what day it is, there is a website, James, that was created to tell you if it is indeed Rusev Day or not. You know, it's funny. Like my birthday is um, November 29th. No, it's not. And um. It's Rusev. What? It's on Rusev Day. Okay, you're killing my. Jo- I'm gonna right. get to that. Like my birthday's on November 29th, and then uh, Jeremy, uh, you know, we, me, you, uh, Jeremy, and Josh all went to uh, went somewhere to eat, and uh, Jeremy comes up to me and says, "Happy birthday!" I'm like, "Happy birthday! It's Rusev Day!" <laughs> like that's 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 where this thing has gotten to, like that fast. Like it's spread like wildfire. Like I, you know, I need to get me a Rusev Day shirt. Yeah. And I don't really, you know, and I don't really buy wrestling merch like that. It is, it is funny. It's goofy. Yep. So um, our next nominee, um, the WWE pay-per-view slash network special match of the year for the main roster. We'll begin to everything else later. Our five nominees, AJ Styles versus John Cena at the Royal Rumble. AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. The New Day versus the Usos at Hell in a Cell in the Hell in a Cell. Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman at Fastlane. I don't know if you want to go first, James, or I can go. It doesn't matter. Oh, uh, Cena versus Styles at Royal Rumble. I mean, 
I don't think there's anything even in like the the same stratus on the main roster. I just think he was a notch above everything else. Um, especially when you, especially if, I mean, I'm not really doing this, including that, but like if you also include the build to it, then like it was anticip- it was highly anticipated. Um, people wanted to actually see it. Uh, <laughs> that's also another thing about this. Uh, and I mean, it was excellent from top to bottom, and it was one of those sequel, one of those you know. One of the rare sequels that that's better than the uh, the original. So uh, I loved it. Um, you know, I, I, do I wish that he had not called him just a guy from Atlanta? Yeah, but we still we still got heat there, and I, I, and I think this is a uh, I think that was one of the things um, with AJ Styles is is further proof that you put him in an event and you don't get in the way of it. Like you're gonna ha- you're gonna have yourself a great match. And getting the fans will have their money's worth, regardless of whatever garbage you put on the on the rest of the card. If you so choose to do such a thing, um, he 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 erases a lot of mistakes booking wise. He's that kind of guy. Yeah, and <clears throat> I would go with John Cena and AJ Styles, and I really wouldn't. I thought about this long and hard, but I think something that subconsciously always got to me about that match was knowing where it was going. And, you know, whether fair or not, that's just how I evaluated the match. And I wasn't excited during it. It was like, oh, okay, everything looks really good, but I can't believe they're making Cena the champion. And, oh, shit, where is AJ Styles going? Oh, fuck, he's going to fight Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Um, My match of the year was the only match in WWE that I gave a five-star rating to. And it was... The New Day versus the Usos and the Hell in a Cell match. It was a demonstration of violence, innovation, and creativity in ways that we hadn't seen from tag teams nearly ever. It was, as we mentioned before, a competition to see who's the best. The booking in this led them to that point. So it has the great build. It has the competitive nature. It has the unpredictability. Uh, we didn't know who was going to win this match when it was happening. And the New Day and the Usos literally had, you know, as James mentioned, like, I don't know any tag team rivalry, let alone one between, you know, people of color or anything like that that's been on this level ever. You know, you, you can come to me with that TLC noise if you want. I'm going to tell you to get out of the time machine. So... It's like the, the the Usos and the New Day for me in the Hell in a Cell. And it might be controversial to some people, but to me it's not. Like these guys, and this wasn't just like, you, you talk about sequels as well. This was their fifth match, James. And and I think it was better than all of them that they had had previously than that. Um, but yeah, uh, Usos and New Day is going to be my pick on that. Yeah, um... I think that's my second favorite match, um, and along this category, I think this, this is what I would have placed second. Um, but I just it, it was it was just a different level to me, um, and, there, and there is something to say for, be said for like what draws your attention and what draws what drew your eyes or whatever to uh, to the screen, and. I remember watching the Royal Rumble with y'all because I think it was me, you, Jeremy, and our homeboy, um, Belvis. And, like, I literally sat up on my seat, like, at the start of the match, like, or once the video package started. And, like, you know, I, I, I was watching, and that's, like, really the only kind of, I think there might be one other match that kind of did that for me this entire, uh, all of last year. So, um, 
for me, that, that that's what kind of sticks in my mind and, like, just to be absolutely, like, edge of your seat the whole way out. Because, like, I didn't – I mean, you kind of knew where it was going, but, like, hell, the way they fought, like, you know, it kind of – it didn't really show itself until the very end. And, now, and also, like, you know, that was a New Japan finish. So I also it appreciate was. that, too, dude, like, because that was their version of uh, of Okada Omega. So, like, I, I, I definitely uh, – I, I saw that's why I gave the advantage, but like if in a world where that doesn't exist, or in a world where we've been like that happened so far in advance that I almost even feel like a part of the, of uh, 2007, especially because like it was excellent and there wasn't that much excellent this year. Yeah, um, you'd be like, yeah, I would definitely go with uh, with your pick. Yeah. So um, our next award, the WWE Pay Per View of the Year, and. <laughs> This category, <laughs> James. Um, there wasn't a lot to choose from, everybody. Um, I don't think this was a particularly excellent year um, all around in any aspect of WWE, except tag team wrestling. But on the pay-per-views, SmackDown in particular was a dumpster fire for literally yeah. half the year. Raw was just... They would do things where baby faces never got to, like prosper at the end and everything was just really average all together like there was nothing that could really stand out because i don't know if people weren't given a chance or being given a chance to stand out or anything like that but the nominees for pay-per-view of the year the royal rumble elimination chamber wrestlemania 33 SummerSlam, and survivor series james i'll throw it to you on this one hmm. Is this the first year where, like, every member of the Big Four actually got nominated? Uh, that we've done this? Yeah, it might be. I mean, I have to say that, like, you know, that SummerSlam or Royal Rumble Survivor Series or, or WrestleMania are perfect, but, like, it's, it's almost as if, like, there was a brand split and it hampers how good these, mat- these shows can be. <laughs> All right? Um... Yeah, I'm gonna be a prisoner of the moment. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Survivor Series. I really enjoyed the format um, this year, um, even though like they were ultimately were only fighting for bragging. Sorry, that's Starcade '95. Yeah, even though they were ultimately only fighting for bragging rights, um, I was still compelled by it, and I was still like, and you even watch uh, the if you watch the show back, you'll see people were actually like really into the actual idea of. Brand versus brand, even though it's like who who could possibly watch a SmackDown that's not also watching Raw, but you actually you actually got the back and forth during some during the um the um the, the Survivor Series matches. Smack let's go SmackDown, let's go Raw. Um and you know, like they did a lot of good stuff on that thing. Like I actually watched over uh today, I rewatched AJ versus Lesnar for the first time and like that match is better on rewatch than it is originally because I mean, I'm sure you, like, we talked about this. Um, when you watch it originally, you're thinking, okay, like, AJ's a champion, but given what we they've done the last few months with it, or the last so many months with uh, the WWE title, this might just be a con job. It's a bait and switch. Like, we want you to be a champion. We don't want to get slaughtered by Brock Lesnar. Let's make AJ champion. Let's whoop his ass. Have him come back uh, two weeks later and be so whooped by Brock Lesnar that he he loses the belt right back to gender and we start this whole thing this whole disaster all over again. So we were so so 
you get to the first half of that match and you're thinking, thinking, oh my god, my worst fear is actually being realized here. Yep. And then they have the match and it's like, wow, like how nice of like this is why Brock Lesnar gets paid the big bucks because when he wants to, he is absolutely awesome and his matches are awesome. Um, and also, what can you, what more can you say about the excellence of AJ Styles at this point? So, um, and you throw in, you know, like the star the star building performance of Asuka, um, the fact that they actually like really show you like where uh, where the New Day stand compared to um, the Shield, um, and also the fact that they actually got that match because I mean I never would have this like that was the biggest profile match of their entire careers, like I. I you know, you get the weird uh, main event, but like for a four-hour show, like that's about as well of a four-hour show you can expect from WWE television. There's a hole in every single one of these shows, and the common yeah. theme is they are the four-hour shows, and yeah. there is a huge dead spot or a, a portion that everyone abhors, like the Royal Rumble. You're not if you're, like you're not down with Randy Orton. You can, you can get with right. the rest of the card. WrestleMania right. 33, the entire second half of the card is just like awful. aside from like the Lesnar match, right? Um, SummerSlam, the first uh, half of the card, booty, yeah, yeah, and then the main event, which lasts like an hour um, or I don't know, like forty five minutes or something like that, and um, that was a, a really big miss for me. So, you know, Elimination Chamber was wasn't on the level of these other shows, but I do think it was the best um, pay-per-view that a brand did. Also, a special shout-out to yeah. Great Balls of Fire. But Yeah, that um, would be up there. That would be up there, but, like, you, like, that was the best one, but they had so many, like, bad finishes on that card. Yeah. Like, the wrestling was there, but the finishes, but the booking let down that show. And No Mercy as well, like, where they, they, they decided to have WrestleMania 33 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So um, yeah. this is a weird one for me because I I don't particularly like like to cape for any of these shows. Um, I, I went into WrestleMania just believing it was going to be a dumpster fire. Uh, Royal Rumble, that Randy Orton stuff rubbed me the wrong way. The first half of SummerSlam, as I mentioned, was just big show and big cast and good God, what what else was on the first first half of that that show? Cena and Corbin just screwing off. A SummerSlam? Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude. I... Bad. Real bad. Michael Jackson. Yes. And it was literally like the first hour of SummerSlam that just was absolutely just... Terrible. Dreadful. Like, everything wrong with the company at the time. They, they didn't know how to, like, time things out. They had John Cena going over Baron Corbin. They left the Usos in the New Day off uh, the pay-per-view. Yeah. They had Randy Orton and Rusev, Sasha and Alexa, Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. It was just bad up until that point. And then it turned around a little bit. So you started getting, like, the the uh, Dean Ambrose and, you know, those guys. But... The damage was done. So, I'm going to agree with you, James. I'm going to say Survivor Series. If if you one can look past the main event, I think you got a, a lot there. And like the Shield and New Day is getting really high marks from, you know, some folks we really like rock with and value their opinion. Um the deal with Brock and AJ, of course, and 
certain parts of the main event were good. Like it was exciting to see the beginning. The yes, the, the beginning, the very until, beginning. Look until until they said, "Hey, we need to get all these good workers out here because we don't want them to fuck it up for the rest of us." Yes, like that's that's what everything. We need changed. to showcase these old guys, and yeah, yeah. But besides from that, like I I could go with Survivor Series as being um, the best in a batch of doo doo. So, um, our next award, um, did I skip one? No, I did not. So, um, this was a really loaded category. Seeing as how WWE went ahead and gave away so many big matches on, on TV this year, this was a situation where we were overloaded and, and it really couldn't make cuts. So, starting from in chronological order to begin with and then... There's some more uh, at the end that I added on. Charlotte versus Bailey for the Raw Women's title in February. Roman Reigns versus Cesaro, the Intercontinental title match from a December Raw. Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks for the Raw number one contendership match in August. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, the WWE championship match or number one contender match uh, on SmackDown Live. AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose, January SmackDown Live, Bray Wyatt versus John Cena versus AJ Styles, Triple Threat, February SmackDown Live, The New Day versus Rusev Day versus Gable and Benjamin, SmackDown Live, number one contender match on uh, December, The Big Show versus Braun Strowman, the the first match on Raw. Um, The one where they broke, was that the one they broke the ring or, no, that was the second match. No, that, wait, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. Any combo of the Big Show Braun Strowman matches, um, yeah, pretty that, much that whole trilogy. Yeah, three really good ones. So, and John Cena versus Jason Jordan on Monday Night Raw. Finn Balor versus The Miz versus Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Title. Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. That is a very deep category. Those matches are going to like, like we got to five easy in our match of the year uh, for pay per view stuff. TV was not that simple. So I'll throw it to you, James. You got anything on those ones? Um, there are two for me that stick out and come to mind. One sentimental, and the other one um, I think was just the this flat out just the best wrestle match on TV this year. Um, so I'm 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 just gonna go and go ahead and say that the best wrestle match I saw on TV this year was AJ Styles versus um, Dean Ambrose on the thing is like I think it's a January 31st episode uh, 31st or whatever of, of SmackDown Live. Yeah, like that was basically that was like that blow of the feud. Like it was it was incredible. Like that was and a feud that had like that many good matches. Um, I think it was, I think that. I think that feud got gave us like what three other matches that got four stars or better uh, from Dave Meltzer. I thought that might have been their best match, and that includes the freaking TLC match. Like, wow. it was it was like it was one of those things where you see like you always hear about guys working the roads and doing going to towns and doing house shows together, or working on their matches and figuring stuff out, and then like the evolution of a feud where you get a storytelling in, and um you know you get the reversals of moves and everything, and like. It was a TV show, but like that was like almost like their blog, like the final, like it was like the it was the end of it, like they, like AJ. We are now moving Dean Ambrose from the main event title picture SmackDown. Thank you for being the guy to bring the belt over to um over to SmackDown, and thanks for like being in the main event feud and helping AJ um reach his level. 
um, a champion, but like it's time to move on. And um, like we, you know, and that was like a send off, and I thought it was I thought it was great. So like that's my answer. Like the set from like, the sentimental uh, pick would for me would have been um, the February Raw where uh, where Bailey uh, won the title first time against Sasha. It, I, I'm sorry, against um, Charlotte. Like I thought that was I thought it was the best women's match of the year um, on the main roster. So. Um, there was that too, and also you had to, you also had like all the stuff going into it with, um, you know what was going to happen next week, like where they going to, you know, because of the interference with Dana Brooke and Sasha, what was going to happen, and uh, ultimately that played out to be, you know, part of the downfall of the Bailey character and her and her entire ruination of uh, of her on the main roster. But at the time, I thought it was pretty damn cool, and um, especially for yeah, something that seemed like it was destined to be at a WrestleMania and they decided to pull the trigger early. Um, and like, you know, like she was, she was over like Rover and then every fucking thing changed after that, but that's neither here nor there, man. So I've got two matches in mind. Um, and I'm not sure how popular of a pick, um, this might be, but I really don't give a fuck if y'all know me. Um, so, uh, I'm going to, the, the number one, my winner is Finn Balor versus The Miz versus Seth Rollins. That was a fast paced 22 minute triple threat in the main event of Raw for the Intercontinental Championship that I enjoyed thoroughly. I watched Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins the other day. That was really good as well. But Balor and Miz and, um, uh, Rollins uh, put together something special there. My second match will be John Cena versus Jason Jordan. It was the moment where I realized, like, hey, this guy, Jason Jordan, he has a whack-ass gimmick. It might be doing him a disservice, but when the bell rings, I think you got to respect this guy. And putting him in there with Cena was like, Cena going, you know, against a young veteran. This was in the middle of the Roman Reigns feud, and Roman Reigns also had a good match with Jason Jordan as well. And Jordan was on a that that was like the second match. He also had wrestled Finn Balor like the week before, so he was on like a little roll. Uh, definitely, like Jordan was one of the better TV performers of the year. Um, definitely want to give definitely love, definitely yeah definitely want to give love to AJ Styles and Randy Orton for the number one contendership match in yep. And um, March because that should have probably been the WrestleMania match um, for the WWE Championship. You can have Randy Orton win it, whatever. Bring AJ Styles there and do it. But they decided to put Bray Wyatt and his fat body in there and um, start putting bugs on the mat and shit. But I don't know. I feel like I'm going to change my <laughs> my vote, but I'm not going to do that. Um, AJ Styles and Randy Orton was great. Um, but yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go ahead and stick with Finn Balor versus Miz versus Seth Rollins for my TV match of the year. But okay, there was a lot to enjoy on television, and then we didn't even talk about Nakamura and Cena, and Nakamura and Orton, and you know any other big main events they just decide to give away on a whim, like uh, the Triple Threat. There was also between there was Samoa also Usos Joe. New Day match that was on that was on uh, SmackDown that was great too. Yep. There was Samojo, Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman uh, in a triple threat leading up to SummerSlam. They, yep. you know, just blew through matches like 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 no one was watching. Like it was really puzzling, especially with how bad they struggled on pay per view this year. But yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for that category. Uh, the next. Uh, 
category is the non-main roster match of the year. So we have some nominees on here, and this one was tough as well because James wanted to nominate Loaded. every Kyrie Sane match under the sun. Um, <laughs> okay, here you go. That, look, did they deserve to be on there or not? I mean, there was a uh, we had we had to cut down. No, did okay when we came out with a short list before we cut down. Did those did those matches belong there? Yes or no? Some of them did. Some of them did. Okay. So, we're going to start with Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne for the UK Championship at NXT TakeOver Chicago. The Authors of Pain versus DIY, the NXT Tag Team title match um, from the latter match in NXT TakeOver Chicago. Asuka versus Ember Moon for the NXT Women's title at TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Kyrie Sane versus Tony Storm, the May Young Classic semifinal. Kyrie Sane versus Bianca Belair, the May Young Classic quarterfinal. Alistair Black versus the Velveteen Dream at NXT Takeover War Games, and Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas at NXT Takeover Brooklyn Three. This is tough. tough. Yeah, especially it's real tough, especially because like you know you could have like. You could have like just put in or voted for anything off of like Brooklyn Three or from or from War Games if you wanted to, like <laughs> you know, like it was that kind of year for NXT Takeover. Um, yeah, just just I went through this. I went through this list and I thought to myself, like, why is NXT so much better at big shows than than the main roster? Isn't the main <laughs> roster supposed to be like? Isn't it supposed to be developmental? Or I know they call it the third brand or whatever. But even if you want to say that, isn't this the third brand? Why are the why are the, why are the third brand better at big shows than the, than the than the top brands? I don't understand this. Man, I don't know. Like for me, it comes down to, to three matches, and I say three because those are the ones I enjoy the most. Uh, and okay. I'm going to particularly, I'm going to try to rank them. So number three. This is going to sound crazy to some folks, but Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne at the UK title match. It was insane. It was nuts. Really? It, yes, it was nuts and everything like that. But for me, I just enjoyed Black and Dream more as well as Gargano and Almas. So my NXT match of the year is Johnny Gargano versus Andrade San Almas uh, at the opener at Brooklyn 3. I was absolutely blown away from that match. Uh, when, when I think of blow away wrestling, that's it. Um, not that mm-hmm. Bait and Dunn isn't. It's just I felt like it edged it out just a little bit for me. And I'm literally comparing, like, if, if this is a 100% scale, right, that they're doing, I'm looking at, like, a 95, a 94, and a 92 right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then Alistair Black and uh, Velveteen Dream, for me, I enjoyed it so much because it was such a coming out party for the Velveteen Dream, a guy that I've been rooting for for uh, since, you know, tough, tough enough, essentially. And to see him nail this character, and to me, he's the top overall prospect in developmental right now to, to put him in there with Alistair Black a guy that's such a veteran and for him to take that responsibility to take this young dude and make him that will forever be on Alistair Black's record but I'm going to go with Gargano and Almas here okay huh, wow I didn't think I was going to be the one that's going to down to go down on a uh or, or be down on a uh, Gargano uh, match. Go figure. Um, yeah, I. For me, it's it's bait versus done. Like, 
it was at a time where I, I had to rewatch a lot of stuff to catch up to what I had missed because I, I it was at a time where I was not watching the product because of uh, the NBA playoffs. Um, just be, you know, every night like a playoff game, like Fabulous used, uh, used to say. But huh. I came back and I watched this match, and I heard good things about it. But like, I was like floored. Like, I thought, you know, I thought that like that. I thought that that match might end up getting five stars. I, I thought that match was incredible. Um, so yeah, I for so for me, and like it made me a, it made me immediate fan of um of of Tyler Bate. Uh, so like. Yeah, immediately for me, and it, it is. It, there were so many spots in that match that, like, I didn't know you were allowed to do that inside of a WWE ring, right? I didn't know. <laughs> I, 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 I thought that Vince would. I, I thought Vince would call security out and drag you and escort you out of the building. What the hell right? are you doing here, pal? Yeah, yeah. You like you. You can't do that in a twenty by twenty. You can take that shit else somewhere yeah. to where it's sixteen by sixteen. Yeah. So That's for not me, how you work. so for me, so it, it's it's uh it's it's NXT Chicago. Uh, the UK match, definitely. Yeah, man. So the next award, and we are coming back to it: the Die Rocky Die Failure <laughs> of the Year, the the <laughs> award for the worst long term direction of the year. So, boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Jinder Mahal is WWE champion. Shinsuke Nakamura's time on the main main roster. WrestleMania 33's WWE title match. Baron Corbin and Carmella as the Money in the Bank contract holders. 205 Live. The women's divisions. Jason Jordan being revealed to be Kurt Angle's son. Woo, we got some trash to dig through. James, I'm going to throw it to you. I mean, it's got to be gender, right? Yep. I mean, you can talk about all the damage of um, of what the of what they did with the women's rosters, where like they put Charlotte, they moved Charlotte to SmackDown, and they put her on ice for three, four months. Um, you you can talk about uh, how they how they had Carmella be the uh, or the more money in the bank, like by having her not actually win it herself. Um, in the, in the fact that they've done nothing with her since then, and beat her like a drum, uh, we could talk about how Alexa Bliss has basically like completely killed the division, like she's Bret Hart '97. Um, yeah, I just we we could talk about the, the, the like the beginning of the damage that was done before Jinder even got there with the WWE belt when they did what they did at Royal, at WrestleMania with uh, Bray Wyatt and and, and Randy Orton. But, like, when you tie the top prize, what everybody's fighting for, on the brand to this dude that, like, was so utterly beatable, not unbeatable, beatable, and so, like, not the guy, not even close, not even, like, in the same area code as the guy, like, you set back the brand, you set back the company, and for what to make a money play into a company into a, a country that like already has your free pay per view? Like yeah, it, it was it was terrible. I mean, I, I mean at this point we're like piling on. How many more times can we say this is fucking horrible or this was fucking horrible? So it was absolutely like, yeah, it, horrible. It was James, it, it it was Jinder Mahal, and it was yeah. just like 
you know, something that, that I just couldn't believe. Like, with gender, they... Things got so bad where they had to resort to resort to overt racism. I went on a rant um, that that's you know uh, I may actually have to rehash <laughs> and put out um, you know sometime soon. But you know talking about essentially like what their title reign had degenerated to um, with gender in that spot. But without a doubt, I think the highlight of um, the Jinder Mahal title reign, at least for us on One Nation Radio, was the Punjabi prison uh, match post match rant that um, <laughs> that we we kind of came up with. And for those of you that did not hear it before, we're going to flash back the audio back to July. Rich, what do you think about this match, <sighs> James? It would be better if they gave us nothing. This match was less than nothing. I can't justify this fucking match. These people know what happened in this damn match. Jim Cornette told me to go fuck myself. <laughs> the Rock told me to shove this match straight up my candy ass. Do you know what it's like to watch a match so bad that it feels like it's been shoved up our asses? I'm going to lose my fucking mind over this. You know why AJ Styles was successful in pay-per-view main events? His matches involves his matches involves storytelling, grace, striking, and athleticism. Mahal versus Orton has been about repeat fuck finishes and the great Kali. I can't accept this shit. Either book better main events or get a new fucking champion. Negative one star. Fuck that match. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, that was your flashback audio of the Punjabi prison rant. Um, a legendary moment on One Nation Radio, if I will go ahead and say so myself. But um, yeah, James, the I, I think that's it. I mean, you could talk about Baron Corbin and Carmella, whatever. Two hundred five live has been really bad. You know when. They uh, went ahead and kicked Neville in the dick and uh, gave the belt to Enzo More. I can't see that show being appealing for anyone. Um, You know, maybe there are people that want to, you know, go ahead and watch that that 205 Live show where they do nothing but talking and chin locks. But um, that... That's not that's not what I had in mind for uh, 205 Live, and I don't think it's what most people had in mind. It definitely wasn't what was presented in the CWC. So, you know, WWE got their hands on it, and WWE eat it all up, and had these, taught these guys how to work, and they have, uh, you know, stuff happening like Grand Metalik selling the leg for the whole match, so he can't high fly. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, I mean, well, you have... Like, when you have all of these 220-pound, 230-pound, 200-hell, you even have 260-pound dudes uh, doing suicide dives um, in matches. So it's like, okay, doesn't really work out that way when you juxtapose that with uh, 190-pound guys and, you know, the smaller dudes working the same exact style as the big dudes. So why in the hell would I want to see the smaller dudes? Yeah. <clears throat> they um 
they're clearly not established and they're not being given the same creative attention. They're all having to get over together. They are all having to play second fiddle to Enzo Amore, who can't lace their boots as a wrestler. Um, They've decided to turn 205 Live into the interview hour, where they put Enzo in most segments, um, at least from what I hear. So... um, they, uh, but yeah, none of it, none of it is touching Jinder Mahal as the WWE champion. That's by far the worst creative decision of this decade, maybe of this century. Um, of the decade? Damn. Century. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so moving on, uh, to more positive moments, um, uh, in some cases, others not so much, <laughs> but, um, the single top moment of the year award, and this was, uh, an award we introduced last year, I believe, um, Charlotte and Ric Flair's embrace in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and that was after Ric Flair essentially beat death, um, AJ Styles and Finn Balor doing the two suite at TLC, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins reuniting. Randy Orton hitting his pose after burning down Bray Wyatt's sister's gravesite. <laughs> yes, it was the best thing and the worst thing at the same damn time. Braun Strowman flipping over an ambulance containing Roman Reigns. Ooh, that was great. The Usos versus the New Day rap battle and the Festival of Friendship. This is like a really deep category because there was some sentimental stuff. There was just some absolute incredible stuff. There was jaw-dropping stuff, and then there was really cool stuff. All right, so James, what was your single top moment of the year? Yeah, um, I'm I'm going to go with Charlotte running into Ric Flair's arms in Charlotte after winning the SmackDown Women's title. I thought... Uh, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was something that, that was very, very moving and very emotionally uh, heartfelt. Like, and I, 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 it kind of messed me up was um, I found out later that uh, actually Charlotte knew that Ric Flair was there. I thought, given how like how awkward it kind of was and everything, that uh, that it was actually a it, that it was actually a real life you know shoot a shoot um, kind of like. What happened with um, the women uh, finding out from Stephanie that there's going to be a Women's Royal Rumble? Um, but either way, they, they played it up so well that I, I thought it was legitimate. I thought it was a legitimate thing, and um, I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought it was I thought it was one of the best moments that I've seen out of WWE as far as a feel good moment in like, geez, I don't know since Daniel Bryan won the WWF title, Good God. WWE title. Yeah. So yeah, I thought wild. I thought I thought it was really I thought it was really cool. Really cool. All right, and in one sense, James, I agree. That was the moment of the year. Uh, if you're just straight talking about, like, feel-good stuff and just seeing, like, wow, this is, like, gripping emotionally. But if you are savage like myself um, <laughs> and, and many uh, fo- folks around us that, is, you know, populate our Twitter timelines and also our group, the Wrestling Squared Circle, it had to be Braun Strowman flipping over an ambulance containing Roman Reigns. Weeks after the un- he retired The Undertaker, Roman Reigns was a smug dick that everyone was just hoping bad things would happen to him. And what could happen worse than Braun Strowman flipping over and and almost mauling this guy and you know, just a couple weeks after he got booed for ten minutes straight on national television. And this it was it was euphoria. It it was euphoric. It was just an an, an absolute 
moment I will never forget. And possibly the moment that launched Strowman to his stardom. Yeah, and, and it was also, like, cathartic in a way because, like, if I remember correctly, he beat, he, you know, he quote-unquote retires The Undertaker. He does the whole thing where he spins, he, he goes out there, and he stalls and stalls and stalls, and then he says, uh, you know, and gets all the bad things in the world said to him, and then he says, it's my yard like a smug prick. And then uh, he shows up the next week, and he's about to give, actually, like, after being a smug prick to us on TV, he comes back next week, and he's going to give like a, you know, like a, a toned down, you know, uh, I guess, they're trying to book him as a good guy again. No, no, yeah, like go, but yeah, go back against that against pushing up. But he's a, he's a prick now to being like, oh, he's a good guy. Um, kind of like you know, and then like immediately like, nah, you don't even get a chance to that. Move out of the way, Michael Cole. Catch these hands. Yes. Literally catch these hands. And and like just the fact that like it kept going and going and like it, it, it reached stages of like ridiculousness and like. Everybody hate everybody like dislike that guy so much that like everyone was perfectly fine with it. It's like one, you're this dude has been overpushed for for what three, four years, whatever. I've got I've lost count at this point. Like but since 2014, he's been overpushed um, since the show broke up. Uh, he he, uh, you know, he just retired like you know the last kind of like the last living legend of the, of the Attitude Era, right? Um. I mean, you're still dang. I mean, I guess there's still uh, Triple H there because it's always the game. But you get my point. Yeah, like he, the last, like truly universally beloved character of that era, um, maybe the only one because you know people have their issues with Sean from back in the day still. Um, and like next thing you know, like nah, like if this is the, it's like nah, I'm gonna kill you. And now I'm going to kill you. I'm going to I'm going to throw you over the over the balcony, over the banister, basically over the ledge. Then I only then the, when the paramedics come. All right, a little bit of technical difficulties, James. You were saying when the paramedics and the coroner came. Yeah, when they came to come scrape him up off the off the, uh, I guess off, off of the concrete because he was street pizza, like, and you know, like it's almost like yeah, forget that part, forget you know. For, forget your health, forget your life, and then also like forget also for also forget these fuckers were trying to save you too, and and they flip they flip he flips over ambulance and it's just like this is the best thing ever. Yes. Um. So yeah, that that is for me. Um. I love the rap battle as well. Um. I thought it was yeah. the best segment overall. Um. That was on WWE TV this year. Mm-hmm. Just the uh, the willingness for WWE to get out the, the way and admit when they don't know what they're doing because I really feel like they let these guys uh, handle it and those dudes delivered in spades. Um, also, Ambrose and Rollins mm-hmm. reuniting. The crowd went nuts. I was fully yeah. for that. You know, and then they had to turn it, you know, <clears throat> to, to involve Roman Reigns and then make it all, hey, we have T-shirts and, you know, it's a corporate money grab and all that. But uh, before that, when it was just Rollins and Ambrose, the, the, these guys come back together, that was pretty cool. Also, everything on this list is pretty cool. Um, the Festival of Friendship, like, happened really early in the year. So it kind of gets lost in this stuff. But the Too Sweet was also uh, a good thing when, uh, you know, these dudes had never faced each other, even in Japan. Um, that was their first ever one-on-one meeting. It was like the two leaders of the Bullet Club. And it's like, wow, 
that was pretty cool. And <clears throat> but yeah, I'm definitely going with uh, Strowman flipping over to Ambulance in a tie with Charlotte and Ric Flair's embrace because Ric Flair, to say it lightly, in some circles, uh, you know, in most circles, is a cultural icon. This guy came back from the dead, essentially, or near death, and then was back in his town, essentially, with his daughter when she wins the championship. First time anyone's ever seen him. You can't really top that. You can't script that, uh, you know, either. Like, it's not like WWE was like, hey, Rick, we're going to have you, uh, you know, we're going to have your, your kidney shut down and have you go in the hospital for a couple weeks and then come back out of it. Nah, that's like real life. Um, they got blended with that. <clears throat> yeah. But another part about it is like, he almost died. He almost died throughout the entire thing, and then like he had to he had to relearn how to walk just weeks before going coming out in front of everybody in North Carolina. Like, and it's also one of those things where like with WWE because they're jackasses, like they rarely ever let the home the person from their hometown actually like win, and like so it was also that part of that too. Like it was only like two instances this year that I can think of where somebody from the hometown won, and that was one of them. And that made it even more sweet, just like in front of like in front of hometown, in front of. Like, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, where Ric Flair, or, where Ric Flair has been built from and, like, literally, you know, carried, you know, carried half of American, North American wrestling, um, or sorry, of American wrestling um, for, for a, a, you know, almost two decades. Like, that's, you know, out of, from there, this happens. Like, I thought, I thought it was just great. I thought it was, like, for, for as much stuff, bad stuff that happened this year in WWE, like, stuff like that kind of made, makes me think, like, I'll keep giving this. I'll keep giving this stupid uh, genre of entertainment another uh, chance after chance after chance because of stuff like that. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> our next category, the one of the rare occurrences throughout WWE this year, the success of the year. <laughs> this is something WWE did well and that fans uh, appreciated. The tag team divisions, the May Young Classic, the new Survivor Series format. Hopefully, it's a thing. Braun Strowman, his rise in multi-man matches. So, um, James, I'll throw it to you on this one. As much as I love uh, Survivor Series format and um, and how much I you know I thought it was a, a pay of the year. Um, how much I love tag team wrestling this year. Uh, I mean, it has to be Braun, right? Like it, it, he is the. He is like a guy that like somebody that they that they put a push behind, and it is pretty much worked along pretty much at, at the speed that they wanted to go, and it worked out. And now this dude's a huge star, and I mean he's even able to he's been able to even absorb uh, some of the bad stuff they've done to him, like when they had nothing for him at WrestleMania, or when they beat him at the at uh, the Andre Memorial Battle Royal, or. Um, you know, he loses first paper. He loses like his first really big pay per view match. Like he's right along the way because they've done so many good things with him along the way that like there's kind of a goodwill there. And like people aren't even tripping on the fact that like he's not some super great worker. Like even the people that like are really into you know like, like wrestling nerds like we are like we appreciate the fact that like there's something to be said about there's just a big gigantic guy that comes out here and mauls the hell out of you and gets to do cool. stuff stuff um and shows these like freakish like cartoonish 
like feats of strength from time to time and no cell stuff. Like there's something special about the fact that like this dude is actually like real a real live like wrestler. And like in the sense of like being able to break the like get you to spend suspend disbelief because of how awesome he is. Like that's that's what wrestling's all about. So like for me it's it's Strowman. Yeah, and the tag team divisions were at their zenith, I believe, this year. But James is right. Braun Strowman is a <laughs> – those guys don't grow on trees. Um, he's super athletic. Nope. He has a grasp for the business. He It's like he has, he has an idea of who he is already so early into his career. And I feel like he's going to be around for as long as he wants. It's a little bit like seven-footers in the NBA. And – He's going to be a guy that they'll always be able to put him opposite of Roman Reigns. And he was the guy that, you know, was essentially, WWE was essentially waiting to come along to either be the dance partner for Reigns or to basically be the guy to get rid of Kane, Big Show, and Mark Henry to assume all their roles in one. And... This guy, um, as James mentioned, he's never going to get confused for being the best wrestler, but he is like you trust him in those moments. Like if you put him in there with a Seth Rollins, if you put him in there with almost anyone, um, he's going to deliver and stay true to his style. So uh, definitely he is the success of the year. Um, they tried with the May Young Classic. I don't think it got the top level um you know success that they may have been looking for but as a overall package of what they did i feel like people will appreciate that years down the line like i don't think it's gonna it's gonna be something we're gonna have to look back on like hey that was really cool like what they did but um in the multi-man matches i mean that was kind of a something we threw in there because they all they most of them they did were really good and the multi-man matches they were insulated from a lot of the stuff that was happening in a lot of the one-on-one matches um, with the multi-man. This could even be tag teams. This could be a triple threat. This could be a five-way. Chancellor is going to be good. Um, but, yep. yeah, they. I don't know if you want to say a word or two about the May Young Classic, James. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I loved it personally. Um it was an introduction to a lot of uh, to a lot of um, people that I just had never seen before, um, and like from a storytelling perspective, it got over every single person that it wanted to get over. Like Piper Nevin first match, like beating um, Santana Gary, that was a risk. It paid off. Yeah. Like by the time you, she has that match where she gets eliminated with um, with Tony Storm, like. You, you you're fully bought into like yeah this just this this woman given like she's not she literally is um like the Nia saying like she's not like most of the girls especially on um, WWE's roster and you believe that like she can actually be she could one day actually you know be on the main roster in matches splashing the hell out of people um, Tony Storm like they, like I, I just love her character like she might be my favorite woman's wrestler right now not named Oscar. Uh, or Bailey, so like it's it's really, and I've only seen her wrestle a handful of times. Like, like the the, the Mayon Classic made me want to go out of my way to go to go on YouTube and search around and see some of her matches. Like I saw a match with Candice LeRae. Like I'm a fan of her. Like I love it. Like she's like to me, she's almost like she's almost like a 
like a female Shawn Michaels, mid '90s Shawn Michaels, like heel Shawn Michaels. Like it, it, she's it, she's awesome. Uh, Kyrie Sane, blown away by everything she did in the in the ring. Um, heard good things about her. Like uh, seeing is believing, and it was incredible. Come out of party for Bianca Belair. Like I, I loved everything that was done. Shayna Baszler when she when she when she came out here and like. It's you know, so killing real. people with her finish. Her finish is incredible. The, like just incredible. And the way she 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 healed up on 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 Candice wrestling. I I thought I thought she came up like the biggest douche in the world. And I wanted to see. I wanted her to see it to get beaten. And you know, they they sold it so well going into um uh, when they went off on the network with the Mayon Classic to set up the live show. Like. I wanted nothing more than for Kyrie Sane to, to, to beat the hell out of uh, out of, out of uh, Shayna Baszler. I didn't know she could do it because Shayna was a badass sort of thing. Like that was a perfect build. Like they did so well with that. Um, and I think their top level matches. I mean, they're not like on par with the cruiserweight classic matches, but like they're on par with what they put on on the women's roster or what they put on you know for the main roster for the men too. So I I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was success. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Braun Strowman <laughs> and James, we have arrived. It is now time for the IWC award. <laughs> Funk flex bomb included. Um, this is my favorite award every year. We look at all the internet controversies, of the year, the biggest, you know, most pressing issues, <clears throat> and we crown, you know, what what it is, and we like to go through all of these. So, first nominee, part timer mania. Um, next, Finn Balor being passed over for the Universal Title match at the Royal Rumble uh, for 2018 because he is not over enough. The cancellation of Talking Smack. Gender Mahal. <laughs> misuse of the NXT call-ups. And hashtag heat. WWE's obsession with getting heat. So James, let's go through these one by one. Part-timer mania. This was the biggest most offensive version that we've ever seen of it. Would you disagree? No, I would not disagree. It, you know, these, these guys went ahead and just, as soon as you think one part timer is gone, they, they have another one is, I believe you referred to it as whack-a-mole James. It, it yeah, it's whack-a-mole. Like you hit like like a mole sticks head out through the hole, you whack it, and then in the video game, another mole, another mole pops another head through another hole. Like it, it's, it's it's almost like um, there's so many plugs, um, there's so many like once you plug up one hole in the, like in the boat, another springs another part of the boat springs a leak. Yep. And you're constantly you're constantly like just fighting to stay afloat over all this bullshit, and you constantly they, keep, they want you to tread water or to drown. Yep. Uh, we had Goldberg and Brock Lesnar literally wrestling for the Universal Championship. Uh, Kevin Owens being sacrificed. Triple H insisting that he comes out and has a slow, boring, crowd-killing 27-minute match in the middle of WrestleMania um, for the second year in a row. 
this time he wasn't on last, thankfully. Um, they brought they brought back Kurt Angle um, to start wrestling, even though you know Kurt Angle looks like he shouldn't even be like he can't even walk correctly. Um, right, Shane McMahon dancing all up in the videos as you've described. <sighs> Man, <laughs> this is, I I hate everything about it, James. It, it, it was just like it became clear to me at WrestleMania 29 that this was going to be a problem. I never imagined it would just like continue to go on this long. Well, get ready. Yeah, because they're about Cause to looks, do it, it looks again. Looks like we're going back to the trap. So we're about to do it again. So I don't know what to yeah. So um, yeah. Up next, uh, Finn Balor being passed over for the Universal Title match at the Royal Rumble because he's not over enough. Now, James, would you be kind enough to remind everyone what happened to Finn Balor over the last couple months? Okay, so he comes back from uh, the night after WrestleMania 33, and he is thrown into a five-way almost immediately. Um, Was that the first pay-per-view back for him? I think it was. Yeah, he is thrown into the five-way, and he he gets pinned, even though there were were three other guys to take the pin. Um, Keep in mind, this is the the returning Universal Champion that never uh, coming back to to win back to tell he never lost. Right? Simple story, really simple story, really short and sweet. Um, So that happens. He uh, he gets pinned. Okay, cool. So what do they do next? They put him in the ring with the Drifter, a guy that can't work to save his life, a guy that at that point uh, was a was a bottom of the card uh, jobber essentially. That was a heel. they're on TV. Uh, the feud was so poorly received that they never put it on pay per view. Uh, and also, like they hit him, they they almost give him another concussion, uh, a second concussion on the year with the with a guitar. So um, that sucks. So they move on from there, and they put him out there with uh, Bray Wyatt, a guy that is now a let's see, uh, 2013, uh, in, uh, summer 2013, summer of 14. <laughs> Summer of 15, <laughs> summer of 16, summer of 17. He has a four-year history of never getting anybody he ever fused with over. He is a kiss of death. Uh, I've been saying, I said, believe people now around the um, around the uh, the internet. Uh, I guess you want to say like the, the powers that be in the internet, uh, like the Melsers of the world, are finally acknowledging it this year that he's a kiss of death and nothing ever he ever does actually ever gets over or is ever pro- uh, received well. Um, he is up. Welcome to able, One Nation Radio you know, in 2000. 13 or 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, so they have a feud, you know, you hear all that stuff going in low. They can't be that bad. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be very wide and, you know, da, 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 da. Okay. So what's the feud over? They have a feud over paint. Great. They have a feud over a dude in, in his gimmick. Cool. So, uh, the first one is a go. The first one doesn't, uh, is an okay match. The second one is actually a really good match. Um, so props to him. Um, but they're about to go into a third time, and the third time they're going to have uh, Bray Wyatt dr- uh, play a woman, like dress up in. I don't want to. I don't know if it's drag or she had or he had a straddle over his head, and they they pitched up his voice, sound like a woman. Um, I, I can't believe I remember. I, I, I don't think this sentence has ever been said. Luckily, he caught viral meningitis. <laughs> yes. Right. Um. So then from there, he's put into the Survivor Series match. Uh, I'm sorry. He, he beats 
He's actually from there. He's he's moved into with AJ Styles. He beats AJ Styles in one of the best matches of the year on the main roster. Uh, and he finally and it, and they got him some goodwill and some momentum. Uh, now that he's like back to back good pay per views in a row, get him on the right spot, get him in the right uh, space finally. And we are now, you know, get you the Survivor Series. Give you, you think, get him a visa showing. No, they don't. They beat him like a geek. And then, next thing you know, Kane, or, uh, yeah, he is up uh, basically because of the Kane situation where he gets buried. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I put this out of source. I'm sorry about this. But after he beats AJ Styles, he, the, the very next night, he comes out and he gets, bar- he gets squashed by Kane. Um, a guy that's, you know, here, you know, here, here today, going tomorrow, a guy that's come and go makes no sense why he's even like getting, getting this kind of push makes no sense at all. Other than the fact he's, he's seven foot tall or whatever. So he suffers from that. And then you, you find word that Vince McMahon thinks that like with after Survivor Series, there was like nine, nine, 10 paper or TVs before Royal Rumble. Who, WWE decided that he's not over enough to be able to even uh, re- rehabilitate in those 10 weeks of TV for a title match, which is, like, ridiculous because, like, they made Jinder Mahal the number one contender for the SmackDown belt, and he was 13-80 and 80 in his last 93 matches before then. I, so I... It, 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 it was mind-boggling and frustrating and just, like, just spend the face of the long-term booking because all throughout the year when Paul Heyman was cutting promos over the next challenger, whatever bum of the month that, uh, that Brock Lesnar was going to F5 into oblivion and one F5, he will put over Ben Balor. Yep. Like this was his spot for months, for months. And they decided not, nah, nope, Fuck not, you. not good enough. And it was their own doing. Yeah. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. And this guy, is one of the best big match wrestlers in the world, and they just have him doing things like fighting against the Miseraj and Elias and just in positions that aren't befitting of his talents. Um, if there was someone that yeah. wanted to go back to New Japan, he's definitely a candidate, just like almost everyone else uh, that comes from New Japan at this <laughs> rate, um, like Nakamura especially, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, um, yeah. That was really bad. Um, the next one, uh, Talking Smack's cancellation. Um, this was something that happened back in July. So Talking Smack was the most organic WWE show on television from its existence until it was canceled. So you know what that means. WWE can't be having that shit. Um, something the fans like, something that's organic that they can't control. Oh, no, we can't have any of that. Uh, this was the show where the Miz essentially rebirthed his career and got to almost to a superstar level again. And he, you know, this show going away, it took away one more organic outlet that these guys had that people really enjoyed. Um, I'm not sure, you know, why they couldn't move 205 Live around, but they were obsessed with trying to establish 205 Live, and they were willing to, you know, put Talking Smack on later uh, at 11 p.m., and it's like, wow, that's a lot to to have to watch. Like, three hours and then the post show on the Tuesday 
excuse me, after the Monday Night Raw for three hours, and on some weeks after the pay per view as well. Like that's nine hours in a row. That's that's a bit much, man. Like they, you know, Miz, it was a place where Miz told us all about a coward, you know, to that coward's face, and set that coward off and set in shame, humbled, and you know. You know, that's where guys advanced angles and they started angles. And, you know, it was it was the, one of the it was arguably the best show on WWE TV. It was so unpredictable and we never knew it was coming next. And even if we didn't see it live, it was, you know, something that we pretty much had to go check back out. Um, Daniel Bryan, his performance on the show, <laughs> I don't think it can ever be forgotten because he was in full give no fucks. What are you going to do? Fire me mode. James, do you remember when Daniel Bryan was um, just giving no fucks out there? Yeah, of course. That was the best part about uh, Talking Smack. Like, it was that and also The Miz coming out there from time to time and, like, irritating the shit out of Renee Young and Daniel Bryan. Like, it was fantastic. Um, like, I'll never forget uh, last year around this time when they brought out Rhino as Drunk Santa. And he was saying lewd, he was saying lewd, uh, out of pocket stuff to, to Renee. Um, stuff that given, given the climate where we are now with Harvey Weinstein, it would definitely fall under, uh, sexual harassment. Like yep. it was, it was fantastic. Like not, not what he said to her was fantastic, but like it was just so funny and so like off the cuff and you didn't know where stuff was going, going, but like you still trusted what was going to happen, uh, because like it, they had paid you off with so many good things and to build a credibility in like a, in a, you know, a, a, a cult following amongst, you know, the internet fandom. And of course that means it had to go, I guess. Um, the thing that I, the thing that I never understood was them exp- saying that, you know, or people explaining it as well, you know, um, them doing that costs money or whatever else when it's like, okay, so, what extra does this cost when all this stuff is already put in place and bought for to run a SmackDown show anyway? Um, like it's one of the sets that is like it's the same set you use from um, the pre from I'm sorry from the uh, what do you call it the pre-show announce table for pay-per-views that's just put in the back. Um, there's already a camera crew from SmackDown because run the show and you already had the talent in place because they were at they were working the show for SmackDown. So I never saw what other than the fact that you just say I don't like it. There's nothing from a monetary position that would say that it needs to be canceled. Because it was there was no overhead. It's organic and WWE has proven time and time again that they love to run away from you know, what may be organic in this era. Next nominee, Jinder Mahal. What more can be said about the sucking, the, the absolute sucktitude of Jinder Mahal? Uh, one thing that we didn't mention previously are, were the promos. When it wasn't overt racism that he had to refer, refer to to try to drum up some type of heat, it was the same exact promo over and over and over and over again where he said you know you guys don't like me because uh you know my country and where i'm from and everything like that it's like okay whatever we heard it 
it's been done. It's it's not new. It's not groundbreaking. It it's simply not made event. This is pedestrian uh, at best. And Jinder Mahal was an abject failure. He's the worst WWE champion I've ever seen it with my two eyes. Um, yeah, it, and and it some reason like this was something that pretty much showed you what kind of fan you were uh, on the internet. It was like, what side are you on? Essentially, you had to you had to pick a side. All right, so are, are you out here drumming up this gender bullshit or no? And, you know, that that was one of the first things. I think you, you had uh, asked uh, Clive, uh, I, won't, I won't give out the gov- his government name, uh, the first time we talked to him uh, from the Ricky and Clive show. Uh, like, so, you, you know, uh, we need to know where, you, where you're at. So, I don't know if you remember that, James. <laughs> I don't remember that at all, but it sounds like something I, I do, I guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Jinder Mahal was an absolute dumpster fire, uh, even more than Baron Corbin, in my opinion. But um, the misuse of the NXT call-ups, the next one, Shinsuke Nakamura, this was his first year on the main roster, and it was supposed to go a lot better than it did. He had big victories over John Cena and Randy Orton and absolutely nothing else. He lost to Jinder Mahal on pay-per-view multiple times, including clean. He was kicked in the dick by Baron Corbin during a pay-per-view match. He had an absolute stinker with Dolph Ziggler on pay-per-view. They had no idea what to do with the greatest Japanese stars who ever stepped foot in WWE. Not a single clue, James. Yeah, and they had they all, and we say that, and like they did even less with Bobby Roode. Yep, they just let Bobby Roode kind of linger really and weird, be off like, TV. Ty Dillinger, you barely see him. Yeah, like is the I mean. I guess now because they're they're finally going to just going to not even play around with it apparently and just going to get to it with Oscar, um, and also with uh, Samoa Joe like those are like the only two that like that you'd be like yep even close to a thumbs up like the revival I mean I mean that's kind of unfair to even say uh, that they screwed them yet yet uh, because like they they've been injured um, and, and have been really unlucky. But uh, their time is coming because you know they don't look good look, for them. how those guys look. If like if Shinsuke Nakamura and Bobby Roode, given how they look and how they work, uh, and the success they've had on NXT as as the the singular draw for NXT um, on these on these uh, tours, uh, if that ain't enough, then I don't know what the hell is for uh, for for two dudes that look like that uh, in the main roster for t- as tag team champions. Like good luck. Yeah. Um, the, the, the NXT call-ups too dark, too morose yeah, yeah it's just been (laughs) mind-boggling as our, our our favorite stars just never seem to um, come out the right way but, you know, they'll go ahead and, and have Elias, you know, protected for months for some reason like they'll they'll make sure they don't they'll, they'll, they'll go out of their way on commentary to um make sure he's looking strong and it's just amazing yeah, while he's giving like matches that are yeah while he's giving matches that are fucking terrible like dude that match he had with uh with, with cena like uh, like it went like 15 minutes and then like the crowd like literally during during cena's comeback is chanting this is boring 
until the finish. Damn. Um, in heat, James. Um, does this company know how to do anything other than get heat? And in heat may actually encompass most of the other IWC awards. So, what, what do you think about this obsession that WWE has with Heat, James? Yeah. Um. So, are we picking it, or what are we doing? Oh, we're picking. I'm just, I'm just giving every one of these their own spotlight. Oh, oh well, I mean, the Heat, the Heat thing is uh, comes from uh, Brian Alvarez, and he had mentioned that um, all this company does is get Heat, like. And it's not even heat for the intention of paying it off because that's the, that's the whole purpose of heat is we do something to piss you off and we hope that you spend money to hope that a wrong has been righted. We don't we we rarely ever get that sort of thing. We just get oh we're going to do something wrong just just because like ha 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 you 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 pricks are or you smucks are dumb enough that still keep watching this shit. So um, yeah, that that's pretty much the gist of it. Yep. So for me. The IWC award, of course, Jinder Mahal. It it, it was the single most divisive <laughs> issue on the internet. It was it as I mentioned. It told you what kind of wrestling fan you were. It caused a lot of like wars online with people. Just like you know, if someone it makes you question if they know the business of wrestling or not, what matters, uh, whether wins and losses, whether looking strong matters, what, you know, your entire philosophy on wrestling is, um, your tolerance for terrible matches. Um, (laughs) everything. Is there anything fucking with this James? Yeah. For me, it's heat because like heat, like also encompasses the fact that they made a dude that was a jobber, a champ, the champion. Like when you do when you do stuff along the lines of we're gonna have um we're gonna have this guy win a championship, lose it, or go through a million hoops to get back this thing he wants, and then he, he and then he ultimately fails. And then he's stuck having to wrestle the, literally the boss who's not an actual worker on the biggest show of the year. And he was, and this dude is the number one guy on a brand. That's the failure. Like, that's heat. Like you're pissed. You're doing this to piss people off. When you have a dude that's a jobber, win the belt, that's, that's heat. When you have a, a dude win the first ever uh, women's ladder or money in the bank match for a woman, in a match, like, that is to piss people off. Yeah. With no plan to actually pay it off. Not at all. Like, it, it, was, it was one of these weird, When you have weird, Roman Reigns come like, out there. Like, you have, for example. I was, go ahead. I was going to say, when you have Roman Reigns come out there and stand for 10 minutes and just, just bask in the booze without really saying much at all, that's heat. Like when you do stuff like have the have the number one like babyface in the in the in the entire brand like try to murder somebody like because they simply lost a match fair and square like what what the hell is that like it was it was a really weird year like 
dissatisfying finishes left and right. All the all the stupid ref shit they did with AJ Styles and and um and Kevin Owens. Yep. Like it, it was it was one of those years where they were just like, eh, we're just gonna like we're gonna find our way to weasel our way out of every single finish in the book. Like never mind the fact that like we should just not do these certain matches. Like we'll do matches that we have no business doing because like those are money that those are matches that can actually draw. Uh, attention to eyes to the to the to the product. We'll put it on free TV, and then like the team, the shit that we're actually going to get uh, that's supposed to sell the network and whatever else, like pay per views. Like we'll have two, we'll have finishes that make you scratch your head and wonder like what's going on. And we, we it doesn't matter if it doesn't make any sense. Like we're still going to have uh, trip, so we're just going to have Triple H come out here and uh, and beat uh, Kurt Angle, um, who was on his team uh, for Survivor Series, and then like confuse Shane. And then have him screw over Shane as well for for a reason that won't Absolutely be explained no until like four months from now, and will probably be forgotten by then. Like it, it, it all just stuff, just like yeah, well, just just swerves and, and fuck finishes. It's 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 really frustrating. Yeah, that that probably is the overarching uh, theme. I just hate that Jinder Mahal shit with you know, with oh, a passion. Oh, oh, real quick before we go. Real quick before we go, because I have to get this in as far as heat. Like, we'll have, we'll completely bury an entire division so we can put over one woman that can't actually really work well compared to the other uh, wrestlers in the in the company. Yes. Like, it, it's really weird. And also, like, and it's also, like, by all conventions and everything aside from gender, would never, ever, ever in a million years of WWE, uh, endure WWE uh, as a business would ever employ somebody that size of that stature relative to the rest of the competition uh, that strongly. Makes no sense. Bunch of heat. Um, yeah. Like, you, can you imagine if they had? Can you ever imagine if they had Daniel Bryan like become the heel champion and then like be a chicken shit and until it's time to beat every single body in the ring with their with her with his finish in the middle of the ring, well, beating everybody with with, uh, with uh, flying headbutts. Well, I don't think they'd ever do that. Yeah, but because of the woman, they'd be like, oh, never mind, whatever. Yeah, they're all the same. And also, and also, like this ain't the Daniel Bryan of women. This is like the I don't know. I don't. There aren't, there aren't there aren't too many like mediocre small guys that ever make it to WWE, let alone like you know become a four time champion. Right. Um. Yeah. Twenty seventeen was without a doubt the weakest year since we've started back watching in WWE. Luckily, I had New Japan to buffer it with, who I think had their greatest year I've ever seen in wrestling. So, <laughs> um, these this this was a reflection of a lot of poor choices. As James mentioned, a lot of bad finishes on pay-per-view. Just not taking into consideration what what people are actually looking for in wrestling right now they have too often been concerned been worried about the concerns of just one man and this was a year where we saw members of the company openly bickering with fans on Twitter. Y'all know what it is with me and Road Dog on here. Anytime Road Dog want to come get this work, uh we can do that. But People are openly, you know, beefing and bickering with fans and telling them to shut up and enjoy it. It's like, no, we can't enjoy it when you do this stuff. When you break these arbitrary rules that you set up uh, and, and the logic and everything that makes sense and go against that and then just say, well, just do just go with it. That's not how anything in any entertainment world like medium would ever work. 
So it's like if you undo everything, you know what happens, James? Like if if your season five is like makes no sense anymore, you know what happens, James? We stop watching. Yeah, we stop fucking watching the show. So like I don't know what if they think they're immune to that because they're not. As you can see about the ratings that Simon uh, just you know wrote about recently, uh, what up Simon? And they, I, I don't know. It, it was a strange year. Like they, you know, were still making a bunch of money, and I guess that felt like a creative license to kill. Uh, and what they did was kill all our pay per view main events. They killed the logical booking. They killed good wrestling. They had a lot of wrestlers that were great wrestlers wrestling terrible wrestlers and trying to ca- carry them to somewhere you know in the middle. But all it does is raise the ceiling of the lower wrestler a little bit and bring down the ceiling for the great wrestler a lot. And that's why we had so many two and three star matches this year, James. It was just so like they didn't they rarely let a Finn Balor get in there with an AJ Styles we're not any closer to Seth Rollins versus uh AJ Styles for example I know they're on different brands but I've talked about that match throughout the year um they barely got to like they didn't do Dolph Ziggler versus uh AJ Styles at all um they didn't do uh they didn't give Shinsuke Nakamura anyone good to wrestle on on pay-per-view they I, I would say whiffed so much yeah, I would say the perfect example of this year is think of what Kevin Owens did in the ring or, or the last his first two years in, in WWE, and then look at what he ended up having to do on pay per view this year, particularly after WrestleMania. Like it's a gigantic drop off in, in his quality of work that he has set set forth. Like that's concerning for a dude that's number two guy on a brand, uh, like. For you to have Roman Reigns be a three-time, a consecutive three-time um, main event for WrestleMania, have him quote unquote retire the Undertaker for him to finish out the year being what I think four and six on pay per view. That's 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 terrible. Like that makes no sense. Like stop pretending wins and losses don't matter. Stop pretending. To have how you win and how you lose don't matter. Like present the shit, like present the shit in, in, in the simple forms for people to understand. Stop trying to confuse or get over on your fans or, or try to play games with your fans. Like treat, treat it with care and people will, people will enjoy it more, spend more money. Like it's not that hard. Like it will also be easier like, for the them. Need, I don't understand. I don't understand for the need for antagonistic, like, standpoint or uh or uh, uh or take with your fans i don't get it but this year like more than any other year it felt like this is a gigantic scheming f you to the fans yeah um and, and last year was literally the reverse of that like they they were to me it was one of the best years wwe had um ever in 2016 2017 just wasn't that and i really I'm not optimistic for 2018. I mean, they're starting with uh, Braun Strowman versus Kane versus uh, Lesnar in the main event uh, at the Royal Rumble. And then AJ Styles is in a handicap match for the WWE title, which is strange. I'm actually writing a column about those two matches right now, uh, which will be on Lords of Pain coming up uh, in the next couple days or whatever. But 
the, yeah, this this year, James, this year can go to fucking hell. As far as I'm concerned, the WWE, like it, it was just there. There was too much to, that that they asked us to just roll with for me, without my uh, spidey senses going off. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. It's just uh, for me, it's just overrun with heat. Like you can get like for for those, and I, and I've done this a few times. Like go over the last this year with like the number of like the title the champions this year were think about Survivor Series think of how they had to switch up so many things because it was going to be Hill versus like like every match was going to be Hill versus Hill like there was a chance there was a spot where like every single champion except for Naomi at one point were all bad guys yep like it, it's it's they're really into heat now and like the, the show suffers in fact and like the baby face are supposed to be the protagonist of the show. We're supposed to live and die with, with, uh, everything, every, every up and down. But like when they're so weak and they're booked so poorly, like the answer to everything can't be, Oh, turn them heel. Because then again, then, then you look at baby face roster. You're like, all right, well, who the hell is supposed to cheer for? Are we supposed to all cheer for heels. Like this is, this is, this is a real, a real problem. Like for Sami Zayn to get, Two different guys over at the beginning of the year as a babyface. Um, at the end of the year as a heel because like y'all never want to do shit with him. Like that's a failure. That's a problem. Yeah, it is, especially when a guy that put up that kind of quality of work. Yeah. Um, Are you ever gonna get a ball to him? No. It, like I have no reason to believe so. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, that that's pretty much I think a good place to leave it uh, for our One Nation Radio Awards, James. This was our sixth award show. It's been you know we've been doing this show for a long time. Thank you for doing this show with me always and every week or twice a week. And we picked up the amount of shows that we've done this year. We've we're only even getting deeper into this i hate to say <laughs> in, in some res- in some respects but i do enjoy it um i do uh, enjoy the fellowship i created like you know help cultivate with the community that we've uh, started with the wrestling square circle um as well as um, what we got coming up with anchor and uh the social suplex podcast network is growing we've gone international we have uh, our homeboys from scotland uh shouts out to ricky and clive we've got the smc podcast and then we've also got new J- the new japan world covered uh with jeremy and josh I said this on their show. I think we're all kind of collectively like doing like some of our best work right now uh, with, you know, trying to give you guys good content and, and good hours and, you know, ways to talk about this stuff that, you know, you may not necessarily hear um, from every other podcast out there. Like, I don't, you know, I listen to a bunch of podcasts, James, but I don't know if anything like, you know, I don't know if if anyone does it the same way we do, and I'm kind of proud of that. So, uh, any any final words for the year on the podcast, James? And we can get up out of here. Um, no, nah, I, I I would say that uh, uh, I would say I look forward to what's gonna uh, what's what's next to come for for um, the Social Suplex Podcast Network and Social Suplex in general. And also, like, you know, your career, like what you're doing on um, Lords of Pain. So, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited for that. And I'm also, you know, 
like I said, like there's all WWE does some really cool, like for all the stuff that they get wrong, they do a, they do some cool stuff, and their their cool stuff makes you you know makes you not never want to quit on them. So like I'm also really excited for what holds the stake with, or what holds the place for with um the women's Royal Rumble and the fact that in like the you know the possibility or, or probability or whatever you want to call it, the Ronda Rousey coming in and the element that she can bring. Um, maybe we have ourselves a, a woman, Brock Lesnar. Um, so I, so I, I'm really interested in to see like what happens in the future. And, you know, um, it seems like we might be on the verge of, of Johnny wrestling as NXT champion. So like, I, I'm still, I'm, so I'm excited to see what this year holds. Uh, you know, and, you know, regardless of whether it's good or bad, like we'll still be, we'll still be around to document it and <laughs> document it for, for history as, uh, as Matt Hardy says. So, right. um, We'll be we'll be there. We'll be the watchers, if you will. So, yep. um, at least look. If it's good, great. It, that means we had a good time, and we can talk about how awesome stuff was. And if it's bad, I guess it's great also because then we get to trash it. Yeah. Uh, and, and when when I first like pitched, you know, doing this uh, to James like you know years ago, uh, I always said like somebody has to be the new voices. Like eventually, like those. Uh, that came before us and that were influenced by like either a they're going to lose their in, their influence or b they're going to stop doing it uh, before we do so uh, that was our whole goal to become a voice um, you know in the wrestling community uh, with this whole thing and it seems like we're we're slow we've had some detours and we're slowly making our way towards that and we thank you guys for rocking with us um, as much as you have uh, we love the the uh, interaction with everyone. And um, make sure you guys um, drop us some ratings and all that. Um, it would help us out a great deal. Um, but, yeah, that's going to wrap up the show. That's going to wrap up 2017 in wrestling. And we look forward to 2018. So, for James, this is Rich. Peace. Later. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.